are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official podcast of the New York Yankees on the Gotham Sports Network. I'm your host, Steve Angelovich, and today we got a special predictions episode for you as you get ready for opening day. I'm joined by little brother Met fan, Andrew Claudio. Find him online at Claudio underscore GSN. Me and, me and Claudio had a great time today. Uh, we got along a lot, which is good. As the season started here, talking a lot about the Yankees. If you're a Yankee fan, you're obviously going to like both of our uh, kind of winners for a lot of these awards, too. Um, so be sure to check it out. Welcome to the new season of Major League Baseball. Sam and I will be back next week for another episode of Podcast in Pinstripes. Uh, baseball's back, baby. Enjoy. All right, Steve. As I mentioned in my intro, and as you are going to mention in your intro... Baseball is back. Baseball is finally here. And I know you share in my misery as a Knicks fan that it's nice to finally be 0-0 zero and zero and not 40 games under five hundred. Um, I it, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I've actually had it easier as a Jets fan as well. What the Giants have put you and that fan base through over the last couple months has been historically devastating. Um, if you had to put it into like a sentence... Well, your excitement level for baseball, would it just be like a fuck yeah? It'd be one word. Finally. There with you a big go. sigh of relief. <laughs> like that that's all it is. I mean, like you said, the Knicks Knicks are terrible. The Rangers are terrible. The Giants, I, I don't even want to consider a franchise right now what they've put us and Gotham through the past mm-hmm. few months. So it, it, it's Yankee baseball time, full time, and, and that's all that's going to be the focus here. Boomer bust, a team that actually looks like they know what they're doing in New York. So I, I cannot wait for, for the first pitch today. Yeah. And, I mean, thank you for the content, New York Giants. I, I will say <laughs> that. It did lead to some clicks. But I, as, as fans, it's, it's definitely brutal. When it comes to predictions, I got to be honest. I hate these. I hate it every year because we do it for fun. And it's supposed to just be a fun thing. But in the world of social media and cold takes exposed, uh, all of us are going to be wrong about something. You know, last year, I think I had the Mets as a second wild card. I looked like a genius the first 11 games of the season. <laughs> Long and, then, season. and then what happened? You know, um, I think I had the Cubs winning the World or the Dodgers winning the World Series last year. So I was half right. They got there. Um, what do you have like your worst prediction ever? Rem- do you like that you remember? Um, yeah, it's probably in football thinking the Giants could, you know, win more than three games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thinking that they could be a playoff team. But uh-huh. um, baseball, like you said, baseball is so tough because it's such a long season. And, you know, one or two things can go wrong for a team. And they could, you know, like like the Mets, for instance, they, like, they, they could be above 500 and then a month and a half goes by. And they're not even close, and people forget their their team. So baseball is so tough. There's, and there's so many teams that aren't in big markets that you like literally forget that they exist, and you're like, oh, you know, the Brewers are actually a real team. I haven't yeah. you know paid attention <laughs> to them at all. So in predictions is baseball has got to be the hardest, um, just because they're it's such a long season, and, and anything could could really flip everything. Yeah, it just you're you're a completely different team in July or August than you are in in April. So it's tough making preseason predictions. We're more just going off a general idea of what we think will happen. Yeah, and especially with the two wild cards now, too. I mean, exactly. everybody's it changes in everything. 
at the deadline with, with only one deadline now, July yeah. comes around, it's going to be impossible to be like eliminated unless you're like the Orioles by the deadline. I will say it does make this a little easier too because now I'm not going to be completely off guard when I predict something and there's two deadlines and a team could all of a sudden get Verlander a exactly. week before September, you know? So uh, I like the, the one deadline, by the way. I thought of the changes yeah. baseball made this offseason, that's the one I was like, yeah, that absolutely. Now give me a DH and then we're good. Yeah, it, it's, it's been, you know, the offseason dragged on with free agency extending, mm-hmm. you know, all the way to, to still going on. So to to limit the the trades for an extra month there is gonna be uh is gonna be ideal for everyone who's freaks out every time there's a tweet mm-hmm. out there. So <laughs> I gotta say this is uh this is a good before we before we're about to jump right into it. This is a good kumbaya moment. A Met fan and a Yankee fan have spent like five minutes on the air so far, and we haven't thrown any jabs. We haven't you haven't said the number twenty seven. I haven't mentioned the word payroll or the Red Sox <laughs> yet. You it's know, it's been good. I'm just going to let you keep talking here because I think, I, as, as you know, I, think <laughs> I, I always have the trump card when it comes to the past you know, few seasons here. Yeah. But it's been good. The, the offseason has been both teams are super active and it's uh, optimism is high for all of New York for baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, first pitch is going to happen in a few hours here. And then I think I'm going to be a little more happy the next few months than you will be. Hey. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, if I didn't have the same prediction, I would be offended by that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the actual awards. We'll start with the MVPs and in the American League specifically. I see this as a three-person race. And it's not to say that there aren't like nine potential candidates. I'm just playing the math of who I think is going to cancel each other out. I think Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP. And I know he's like a a lot of people are giving him that award this year. They're thinking that... Betts won last year. They don't want to give it again. Trout's won two of the last four, so they don't want to give it to him again. And the Astros guys are going to cancel them all out. But I think it'll be Judge, Betts, Trout in that order for the MVP this year. What about you? I, I'm going to say I have Judge as well. Um, obviously a little biased, but there's a plenty of like facts that can back that up. But I have uh, Judge, Trout, Betts. I think if you have Mike Trout below two, as an MVP <laughs> until like the next five or six years, then you you just like you're not paying attention as much. I'm not paying to, like, attention. Distract- I'm paying attention. I just think that <laughs> the Yankees and Red Sox, it's going to be a slugfest between those two yeah. again. And Mike Trout's going to be the popular. He's actually the best player in the American League, which is why he's top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's easily. And then, uh, you know, Judge should already have an MVP. You know, he kind of got robbed by that, you know, two foot midget over there. Was in, he, in, though? <laughs> Was he, though? But he's he's healthy. He's destroying balls in spring training, which he hasn't really done the past two years. So if he comes out the gate strong and stays healthy, that, that's the only thing that's going to matter for all three of these guys. You know, uh, Betts went on, and Trout both went on the DL for a little bit last year, so they canceled each other out. If, if one of these three stay healthy and play a full, you know, 155, 160 games, they're likely going to be taking the lead. Yeah, I Judge really impressed me. Like we, I just mentioned, like what's your worst prediction ever? Me saying Aaron Judge is going to hit 230 last year was a gigantic egg on my face because he showed me he's not just you know a one year wonder, or, and he's really more the first half of 2017 yeah. than he was the second half of 2017 player. Um, I am very confident because he was on pace to be an MVP candidate for the majority of the year until he broke his wrist and if he doesn't have a freak injury again oh yeah 
I think he's got it. I really do. Um, he still finished 12th, and he missed 40 games. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Like, like that's if he just shows up and plays, and you know, let's say he even hits, you know, 200 in those 40 games, that's a top five five finish most likely. Still, do you have any sleepers? Um, I, Jose Ramirez. That's yeah. But I mean, not, not not big sleeper, but kind of you know the people always kind of forget about the Indians a little bit, and you know Lindor getting hurt is going to put more pressure on him. I think he's going to put up huge numbers as he has the past few years, but the uh, the Indians just aren't going to win enough games. I think for him to kind of pass these three, it, it, it's so top heavy. You know, maybe you just sneak in. Um, you know, Verlander always gets some points as a pitcher and stuff, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be it's pretty open close for for the AL. I. It's really like there's a, there's seven guys that are going to be in contention, but I think it's really a three-person race. I I can't see an Astro really separating themselves. Now that Breckman is going to be part of the conversation, I think they yeah. all cancel each other out. And this is Aaron Judge's award. It's it's Aaron Judge if the year goes as I think it will be, and then Betts and Trout, and it's really just those three. Unless, look, I get how analytically driven award voting is now, and it worked to my favor with, the Cy Young for the Mets last year. But J.D. Martinez was, like, almost won the Triple Crown. You yeah. know, I get it. RBIs <laughs> don't matter anymore, Keith Law. But J.D. Martinez almost won the Triple Crown last year and didn't even finish top three. That's a problem. That just it, is. It was. I mean, when he came up to bat, like, even in the playoff series, it was like, please don't, whatever you do, don't give him pitch to hit. Yeah. And he was like, oh, boom, that ball is, you know, on the highway in Massachusetts now. Great. Yeah, if I had a sleeper, it would be um, the Chapman kid for the third baseman for oh, the Athletics. Chapman. Apparently, he's like the best defensive player in baseball. Filthy, like uh, Arenado two years ago. Good. Yeah. So That's I would I would give him at least some love if the A's are able to win ninety something games again. Um, the National League MVP. This one's a little more open. Uh, they haven't had a repeat winner, I think, this decade. Um, yeah, it's been a different player each year this decade. So um, I went with Anthony Rendon because of the direction I think the Nationals are going to go in this year. I think now that Harper's gone, you're going to get to see who their best player the last three years actually has been. Um, and I, I, he's the guy that scares me most as far as who the Mets have to play in the division. Uh, Chris Bryant, I went with as a runner up and Goldschmidt is my, uh, third pick. What about you? I love the the Chris Bryant pick. Uh, I went, went, went chalk here and went with, uh, Arnado after he signs that big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he gets that, that Coors fields rap and everything. But like you mentioned with Chapman, like his defense needs to start being, you know, People need to realize it more and more, and that's what's happening with the analytics for him is that his defense is doesn't matter where he's playing. He's he has never played in Major League Baseball without being the best third baseman defensively. He's got six straight Gold Gloves. He's got that what are that the what's the, the the silver glove, whatever it's even above the Gold Glove or whatever it is. So he's got all of that. So I, I'm picking him in the Rockies there. Um, I have Chris Bryant too. I think the Cubs have a big year, which we'll get into a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for for three, I'm going with sticking with the Nats. I think Juan Soto. Um, Ooh, okay. I think it could be a pick. You know, everyone's going to be like, oh, you know, the outfield, you know, the Nationals lose Harper in the outfield or whatever. But their outfield is still stacked. And that's why the Nats really didn't go as hard as they possibly could have after uh, Harper. And Soto is uh, he's up there with these young guns of outfielders with, you know, Acuna Jr. and whatnot in the, with the Braves. So I'm going to take Soto with the Nats there because I, I agree with you that the Nats are going to be pretty good too. 
speaking of Acuna Jr., where does he fall on your list? He he should be top five, right? I probably I'm, I'm guessing he has a little sophomore slump, but um, it, him being top five would be ideally where I have him. I kept him as a keeper in my fantasy because I know everybody <laughs> cares about that. Um, but I think he's gonna he's a stud, and, and you know the the AL East once we get to that is stacked with outfielders that that could be up here. Yeah, I mean. The craziest thing for me is of the four guys that I meant, the three or four guys that I mentioned, and of the three or four guys you mentioned are not the top three from last year. Like I don't see Javier Baez being mm-hmm. a top five MVP candidate. I don't see Freddie Freeman being a top five MVP candidate. And no offense, Christian Yelich, I thought last year was kind of a fluke year. You had an incredible second half. I think his numbers will start to normalize, and he'll be a twenty eighty five guy that has an 850 OPS. That's still a good year, but it's not going to be the, you know, Mookie Betts numbers he put up in the second half of the year. No, so. he was filthy. And then I got for a little sleeper there, too, is everyone's going to be looking at Philly and looking at Harper, but I'm looking at uh, Reese Hopkins. He's going to get okay. some serious kind of protection. He's got the pop in there. The home runs fly out of out of, out of Philly. So um, if I think, you know, if you want to throw a, a Phillies in there, I would think he would might finish above Harper this year. Well, the the sleeper out of Philly that I've been hearing is Real Muto, that because he's going to hit ahead of Harper and, and Hoskins, that he's going to lead the league in runs scored, and he's going to be the anchor of that lineup, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, I've heard in my Mets bubble way too much Conforto for MVP candidate. I appreciate the hype, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we watched Christian Yelich win an MVP last year, and I think they're the same player. I think Conforto's peak is what Yelich was two years ago. So I would love it if Conforto hit 40 home runs this year with 100 RBIs and a 950 OPS like he was on pace for in 2017. I just think his numbers will start to be a mix of what we saw in the first and second half last year. Um, I'll be happy with the top 10 finish, and especially since— That'd be huge. The the MVP candidate on the Mets is Degrom, like plain and simple. Their their mm-hmm. MVP candidate is the best pitcher in baseball. Speaking of which, we'll go to the National League Cy Young. We'll switch it up as far as the leagues go. Um, who do you have for your National League Cy Young? Um, I went I went a little different. You know, I got the Degrom, Scherzer are the ones that dominate all the conversation here. But Walker Bueller um, is going to take over officially oh! as the best pitcher uh, <laughs> okay. for the Dodgers from from Clayton Kershaw. Um, you know, he pitched great last year. He had, you know, he could easily top 200 strikeouts if he stays healthy. Um, and he's going to be the, their number one guy for the future. Um, and it's going to be a breakout year that could lead to a Cy Young. That is absolutely an out of nowhere pick. Well done. Uh, I did my very best not to be a homer with my picks. I promise you, you can look throughout my list of, of, of predictions. I made sure that I was as fair and as balanced as I could be. Um, having said that, Jacob Legrand is going to win his second consecutive Cy Young. <laughs> I, I I cannot say this enough. What I saw last year, he did not allow more than three runs in a start uh, from his second start of the year on. That that's thirty consecutive starts. It was one of the most amazing stretches from a pitcher that I've ever seen, and ha- that streak is still going on. So if he has like if he has a bad year compared to last year, that's a 2.15 ERA, like his yeah, ERA so could go up 0.45 a whole half a run and it's still an absurd ERA. So 
I think we're gonna we're in the middle of a stretch of one of the greatest pitching like like similar to what Doc did from eighty four to eighty six. I think we're witnessing that with DeGrom. Scherzer's my runner up and like as weird as this sounds, I think it's gonna be the top three again. I think those are the three best pitchers in the National League. Scherzer, Nola, DeGrom. Um, obviously not in that order. Um Freeland, the guy from Colorado, obviously stands out. Uh Walker Buehler is an interesting choice. Are we just kind of out on Kershaw now? Like, I don't have him anywhere near my consideration for the Cy Young anymore. He's not going to start more than 20, 25 games max, and he's going to be going short into games. I think his his back problem is a serious issue, and the Dodgers, you know, ideally kind of look to lock up that division early and just shut him down. So I just don't think he's going to have enough stats to even be in consideration. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, the American League Cy Young, who do you got? I'm going with the guy that causes controversy, Trevor Bauer. I've become, <laughs> okay. become more of a fan of his as the offseason goes on, okay. and uh, he just loves throwing how good he is in people's faces here, and he thought he should have won it last year. He thought he should have been the opening day guy. He was already causing a little you know, scrum about it. Um, I think he's going to take it down this year for the Cleveland. They're going to rely so much on their their pitching, um, and this is going to be a year for for Bauer and you know all the stat nerds out there to, to take it. Okay. Uh, I have an Indian. But I think it's going to be Kluber this year. Um, I think what will be really fun is at the end of the year when we get through the World Series and get through awards, when Corey Kluber is announced as the Cy Young, and then he's a three-time Cy Young Award winner, and we have to have the conversation, is Corey Kluber a Hall of Famer? And we get to argue about this dumb museum upstate, okay? <laughs> and whether or not... Corey Kluber and his three Cy Youngs automatically makes him a Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer. Like, I don't think throughout baseball history that's that a three-time Cy Young Award winner hasn't made it. So I almost no, feel like... No, no chance, yeah. Which is, like, going to be wild to me because I've, I've never thought of Corey Kluber as a Hall of Famer, but I'm sure the numbers will back that up. Yeah, and he's a late bloomer, too. I mean, he, like... He never had 30 starts until he was like 28. And yeah. then he just came out of nowhere, won the Cy Young. And he's put up, I'm just looking, he's got five straight top 10 Cy Young seasons with, you know, he's finished third, first, third, ninth, first. I mean, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty dominant <laughs> in the AL. <laughs> um, I, as far as like the conversation goes, um, I mean, Verlander, I think, is obviously going to be there. Chris Sale. Uh, how, where are your thoughts right now on Severino? I think he's going to be out a while. A while, I, so yeah, not I'm, even going to qualify. I, yeah, I would. I mean, I, you could put up the numbers for it, but you know, the shoulder injuries. He's going to be at least shut down till May. It's going to take him another few weeks. He's got to like redo spring training. So his fa- his first half. I'm mean, not saying he's going to be out the whole first half, but his first half numbers are going to be kind of throwaway, um, and just get him ready for the second half. So I don't think he's going to be up there for for any any contention for awards this year, which is obviously uh, a bummer here. But I think the Kluber article, and, and even for Bauer, is what if the Indians move them and when they go to the NL then? Ooh. Well, that obviously changes things. I, I mean, we'll talk about the Indians in a minute. I think there's going to be no reason to move them for how yeah. good I think they're going to be this year. But um, both on the market big time all offseason. So I have a theory about what the Indians did. I think they just threw that out there to see what the offers were. And then once they saw what the offers actually were, they just had no interest because they – realize there's nobody else in the division that's really a contender and they can 
again win ninety games and win the division and oh, take another run at it in the playoffs. So oh, totally. They, I mean, I'm assuming their asking prices were like we want Glaber Torres, we want a Vlad Junior, yeah. or we want like, and they're like, all right, never mind, we're done. But just to see if some team panicked. Yeah, and uh, they got Santana back this year, right? Carlos Santana from because he, he went from the Phillies went to, to the Mariners, and then in a trade yeah. for yeah. Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rookie of the year. I think this is a two-person race in both leagues. And, well, I guess I'll go to you first. The American League Rookie of the Year, who you got? Taking the guy that just got an unprecedented contract in Chicago before even playing a game. Okay. Uh, Elroy Jimenez is going to take it. He's going to be, even though he's starting, he got his contract and everybody assumed that he would be up with the majors for opening day, he's going to be starting down in the minors still. Not that service service time time is an issue anymore. But I think he'll pop up. He's going to be hitting middle of the order. On a bad team, so he'll just start trying to collect stats and uh, and take it. Yeah, I'm going Vlad. I've heard way too much about this kid for the last year and a half. Um, I have a buddy who's like addicted to prospects in the entire minor leagues. Like, legitimately looks at the minor league at bat app before the MLB <laughs> at bat app. Uh, Dedication. A lit- obsession is more the word. <laughs> uh, he has told me that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the best prospect he's ever seen, and I think it's that's hyperbole, and I think it's over the top. But that type of hype or similar hype has gone around these circles of people who evaluate prospects. And I look, the, the, he's going to start and play third base for the Blue Jays, and if he. If he has anything close to what Acuna did last year, which is what I could see happening, he's going to win the award. Um, I, I get it's, nervous it's about between his size. Him, it's between him and Eloy, though. I'm with yeah. you on those two. I, I'm worried about Vlad's size. He looks like a guy that's going to be pounding Krispy Kremes before going out to at bat. And, and You say that, but like... CC Sabathia has lasted how long in this league? No, I, no, I think he's going to last around. He's gonna be, his bat's going to be phenomenal, but you know, as someone who... Roots for someone that did not get rookie of the year because his defense was terrible. Oh, okay. Could that be Vlad's downfall as well, too? I mean, can you imagine the uproar here in New York if Vlad plays horrible at third base but still takes <laughs> home still takes home rookie of the year? His numbers would have to very much uh, overshadow uh, the how bad his defense is for sure. Um, okay. I don't – I mean, what, Forrest Whitley is the other candidate? Like, it's really those two that are being talked about right now. Uh, yeah, I actually just Googled, like, AL uh, Rookie of the Year candidates or whatever, and it says Vlad Jimenez, and it's just receiving other votes, none. None. <laughs> <laughs> right now, let's just forget it. Uh, National League, I think it's like a four-person race. Um, Pete Alonso, Nick Stenzel in Cincinnati, uh, Victor Robles in Washington, and Fernando Tatis Jr. in San Diego are the top four. This is another homer pick, obviously. I'm going with Alonzo. If the Mets have any plans to be in contention this year, he's got to be something close to what he was in the minors last year and a fraction of what he's been spring training. If this kid is actually what we've been hearing for the last three years, then it will kind of – I hate to put pressure on a rookie, but I think it has a chance to turn the Mets into a contender. Uh, I I think we're looking at like an 850 OPS, 2585 season from the kid, which I think will be enough to win Rookie of the Year. What about you? 
I think those are. I think he could, he could even go more than that and go break the thirty home run mark. You're kind of with all the the launch angle and whatnot. He's probably one of the the younger kids that could put powers behind the ball. Right. That said, I'm I'm going back to the Nationals and taking Victor oh, Robles. Oh no, <laughs> Jesus. He's, okay. he's, we've seen him in the big leagues a few times, and then he had that that weird you know broken wrist injury, and he should have been up here all last year. Um, I think he's more. He's not. You know, I think Alonzo Alonzo can struggle out the gate. And I think Robles is going to come right in and, and be ready. He's still only 21 years old, and he's got he's got some serious speed defensively. Um, I think he could he could take it down there. Love I love Tatis, but he seems like a guy that you know should benefit from actually being in the minors instead of the majors for the first month or two of of this season. Fair enough. Um, the stencil kid, Nick Stencil in Cincinnati. I keep yeah. hearing these like. Todd Frazier, his rookie year, or like or like young Todd Frazier comparisons. That basically he's gonna he's a big power bat that could go into that ballpark and hit thirty home runs unprovoked. And in that lineup, that actually might be enough to make the Reds like an eighty win team. Um, yeah, and he could play everywhere. Like yeah. they like they didn't know where to put him like the past two years in the minors, so they just had him like threw him in the outfield half the games. He could play it all around the infield, so he's got some some good versatility. Um, I think he'll fall onto what was the kid in Tampa last year, like Joey Weddle. Yeah, he had like, he had like a great year, but literally no one. Anytime no his one name came up, they're like, "No, no, not that guy. He's plays for Tampa." So yeah. I think like uh, you know, uh, Sensel could have the same fate for him this year. Um, manager of the year. I mean, this kind of leads into what our predictions for the divisions and playoffs will be because it's rare to give the award to somebody that doesn't make the playoffs. Uh, in the American League, I went with Brad Ausmus because I think the Angels are going to be better than they've been the last couple years. I will we'll discuss it. I don't want to spoil it, but we'll discuss where they where they factor in the playoff race. Um, I think Brad Ausmus got a bad rap for how things ended in Detroit. They had they had a very good chance to sweep the Red Sox in 2013. Zamaya gives up the grand slam to David Ortiz in game two. And if he just doesn't give up a grand slam, like gives up a single to Ortiz. Then, Stupid guitar hero. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the Tigers are up 3-2, up 2-0 going back to Detroit for three games. Uh, I I thought... I, I thought he got a bad rap for the way things ended in, in Detroit. And then they went to a rebuild, and no one's winning more than 55 games with that team. Yeah. So I think he will – he's had guys like uh, uh, Mike Trout – not like Mike Trout, but he had Miguel Cabrera on his team. He's had a star-studded team on his uh, – star-studded roster before. I think Brad Ausmus is going to be the manager of the year because I think the Angels are going to be much better. What about you? That's good. I actually didn't really consider Ausmus that much because you know he does have a weird kind of aura around him because mm-hmm. of that. Um, I'm pretty going go sticking with the chalk here. Hometown boy Aaron Boone, another okay. guy that's gotten, gotten a ton of shit for. Let people. me hear it. <laughs> but I, I like Aaron Boone. He's he's fully in on the analytics. People say too much, um, but he he came in to came into New York. He won 100 games, and you know unfortunately their rival had one of the best seasons of the past. Century, not century, but the past 20 years, you know, winning the amount of games that they won here. So Aaron Boone, he's going to build on that 100-year season. Uh, the team the team's built to win, obviously, so it may seem like he doesn't have to do much, but people thought that with Torrey a lot too. But uh, I think Aaron Boone, the Yankees kind of do Yankee things, and Boone gets some recognition because I think the people that are voting uh, luckily aren't the ones that are ranting on Twitter. 
<laughs> I'm gonna wait on what I say about Aaron Boone. I will just say he's my runner-up. Um, Nash League Manager of the Year, Davy Martinez. Last year, lost three fifths of his lineup, like three fifths of his top five in the order. Um, his rotation took a gigantic step back, and like all he had was Scherzer. Uh, I think Dave Martinez is going to win the manager of the year. Continuing the long line of Nationals managers that win manager of the year in their first two seasons and then, you know, lose in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, what about uh, you? I think this is, my, this is the first one we match on. Oh, no, we, had, we matched on Judge, but I'm yeah. – uh, I'm I'm also on this with uh, with Martinez. He's gonna get a lot of sympathy votes for losing Harper, but then you like like we said, their their team is still really stacked. Their pitching rotation is, is up there with some of the best in baseball. Mm, like so, that. I think the the, uh, the the Nats will be uh, will be good, and he's he's gonna get a lot of. There's gonna be a lot of like, look at what Dave Martinez has done without Harper type. That's you know, articles. that's the narrative exactly. Yeah. The narrative, yeah. So he'll he'll get that vote up there, but. Um, yeah, there's a couple other guys. I think Joe Madden, you know, we'll, we'll you'll see he's how I feel about the Cubs. Yeah. But you know, he's he's still Joe Madden, right? So I think that should go well. And then there's there's always a team that kind of comes out of nowhere. I'm not sure who it will be. Maybe it's you know someone like the you know the Padres if they're at least competitive oh, until Andy, Andy Green, right? Yeah. So unless there's some you know he I can see him sneaking up there and being you know if they even if they win like 80 games, you're like wow, that's, the Padres won 82 games or whatever it is. <laughs> so who knows? Do you know? It's a little bit of trivia. Do you know the worst record to ever win the the guy who had the worst record to ever win the the manager of the year? I don't. Um, I'm gonna take a guess here. Let's see who. Yeah, you know, I actually have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe. It's Joe Girardi. Really? In 06, he won it with the Marlins. Oh, with the Marlins. And they got fired. Yeah, they got fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 76 and 86 was his record that year. And it was like he had a 10-win team that he took to 76 yeah. wins. That's how you know the ownership was, is looking to just oh. get it there. They're like, oh, you know what, Joe? Screw this. You're you're out after winning manager of the year with a bunch of high school kids. Yeah. I've had uh, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of interviews with David Sampson, the former president of the Marlins. And he's talked about just how difficult Girardi was that season and how Loria tried to fire him three different times. And I was like, Jeff, you can't fire him. He's going to win manager of the year. Wait until the season's over, and then you can fire him. So Imagine you got fired in mid-September and still won. That'd that, be would be Marlins. So, that would have been perfect Marlins. <laughs> Comeback player of the year. This is the dumbest award in the history of sports. It just is. Because there's no specific criteria. There's no set guidelines that I'm supposed to look at. So I just go down who was bad last year, who was hurt last year, who didn't do as well as we usually thought last year. What does comeback mean? Does Like the year that A-Rod lost it, uh, he came in second. It was like he was out for a year and then he came back. Of course he's a candidate. He was suspended for a year and nobody talks about that. But yes, he was out for a year. Still a comeback. I went with my American League pick as Gary Sanchez. Hey. Okay, because I think he, when you get off to a bad start in April and you're looking up at the scoreboard and all you see is like your 197 average, it wears on you. And I thought he carried that into May. Then he got hurt. Then he came back for a week and got hurt again. Like he played 80 games last year. I don't think you can look at anything from last season as what you Gary Sanchez actually is. Maybe defensively to an extent. But, but it was groin. Like, the worst injury for a catcher to have is right. just have his groin. <laughs> so, it's like you're, like, 
this is a very inside baseball pun intended, but 2005, Carlos Beltran, during a range-shortened game in April, uh, like tweaked his quad, right? And this is the first year of his big contract with the Mets, and so he tried to play through it throughout the whole season. And if you look at Carlos Beltran's baseball reference, there is a blip in, uh, in his uh, stats where the 2005 season is, where he hit like 260 with 16 home runs and 60-something RBIs. Throughout the entirety of his career, he has nothing close to that, like other than his last year in Houston. Um, I think that's what happened with Gary Sanchez, is that he got hurt, tried to play through it, only made it worse, and then just never was able to find a healthy stretch until you got to the postseason, and then look what happened in Game 2. And, like, a gust of wind, and he hits a walk-off home run against Kimbrel, and who yeah. knows what happens. I think Gary Sanchez, specifically off of what happened in 2016 and 2017, is one of the top two best catchers in baseball, and you're going to see it this year, to the extent where I think he's also going to start to receive some MVP votes. So, Gary Sanchez, comeback player of the year. He is like people like have gotten him. He's been around for a couple of years now, but he came up halfway through his first year, or whatever he's like, everyone talks about judge and the amount of home runs he's hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget that this stat here, but he is like, has the exact, he's like got to hundred home runs like quicker than Aaron judge did. Yeah. And people forget how he was just a monster when he first came up. So I, I almost want to pass my vote and just say whatever you said, that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tried to go a little non Homer here and I okay. went with uh, an old school guy that I think has a year left before he, before he's done. Uh, okay. uh, that's Miguel Cabrera. Okay. Torres tricep, but like Mickey just gets hits and he, if he puts up, you know, his power numbers are going to be way down. But if he, you know, if he's back to hitting 290, uh, 300, you know, which, which would be low for his career. Um, I think he's definitely gonna get a lot of votes and, and, MLB loves the old man sympathy votes here of like, you know, oh, Cabrera's back from injury. You know, he's on a crappy team down in Detroit. Like, let's throw him a bone here. So uh, Cabrera's up there. But like you said, this is such a tough call. Like, it's do you such have a to be stupid hurt? award. Do you have to just suck? Like, if you suck, does it really count as a comeback from you sucking? Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Griffey, I think, has won this award twice. Don't quote me on that. But that's the thing. He would get hurt and miss, like, the whole year. Come back the next year and be Ken Griffey Jr. So... Uh, they should. Wow, I wish they had put that on his plaque. Like they NBA. should go more with the yeah, um, like the way of like I'd rather focus more like the NBA does and go with most most improved and like kind of like focus that on players yeah. that that come up there because I think that'd be fun to see in baseball uh, more than just comeback. Well, National League comeback player of the year. There's really like one candidate that stands out to everybody, and it's Corey Seager. I'll be optimistic and say he wins it because I think he's just gonna have a good year. Um, the other candidates are like Bumgardner, and then here's my sleeper. If Sonny Gray turns Hell. himself around <laughs> oh, in in Cincinnati, hey, it'll Is be Sonny hilarious. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring <laughs> up bad memories, but if Sonny Gray um goes into Cincinnati, a not a pitcher's ballpark. And has, like, remember when Javier Vasquez was, like, trash for the Yankees? Then he went to Atlanta and was, like, one of the best pitchers in baseball. It'd be something close to that where you leave the expectations, almost like what Matt Harvey was last year. He left the expectations of New York City, went to a ballpark filled with 18 people that are waiting for the Bengals to come back around, and... You know, like all of a sudden he's good again. I think Sonny Gray could be a sleeper, but uh, is Seager your pick as well? 
No, I went different here. I went, oh, okay. It's going to tie into more of my picks here, but I got Chris Bryant. Um, How bad he, was he? Was he just bad, or did he get hurt he last made, year? He only played 100 games. So he missed 60 oh, okay. games. But uh, the, the big the number that everyone likes to point out is he only hit 13 home runs, where he's you know he's a 30 home run guy, easy. You know he almost hit 40 in his MVP season. So this is going to be one of those things where like people are going to be like, well, how could you pick Chris Bryant when like he played most of last year? But that's just kind of what baseball does. So I think this kind of falls into that category of if he puts up a monster, you know, MVP type season, that you know 2018 could look as like that Beltran type clip. Hmm. clip for him and maybe he gets a, an award here too but i was looking at the same thing and i i didn't feel like picking seager <laughs> fair enough all right let's get into the divisions al east i have the Next. yankees <laughs> <laughs> i have the yankees who do you have i have the yankees okay this is prime boston has to regress right they have to <laughs> there's no way they win 108 games again just plain and simple no. and the starting point for me off of that is, like, everything went right for them. Just literally everything went right for them. They did not have a bullpen going into the playoffs. And all of a sudden, Joe Kelly turned into Mike Stanton from the late 90s. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, look at their bullpen now. They still don't have, Like, that's why I think they'll regress. Like, Kimbrell's not there. I, I they, no idea who the closer is. What's his name? Like, Bill Workman or whatever? Like Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think the Yankees. I love that Aaron Boone is going to start doing this opener thing. The watching the Rays do that last year, I had my initial old man yells at at baseball moment, and then I realized, you know what? That's actually not a terrible way to instead yeah. of just throwing away your fifth day to a fifth starter that's washed. Like I want the Mets to do this when Jason Vargas starts. You know, it, it's it, it makes especially when you look at the Yankees bullpen, they have like a chance to be have one of the best bullpens in history. Yeah. And and a lot of their guys can go two three innings here. Like, why would you not go, you know, Chad Green for two innings? You know, you can throw Batanzas for two innings and then you got, you know, uh, Adovino for two innings. All of a sudden you're in the, the seventh inning. And you got Britain. Right. You got and Tommy Canely. You were talking about it on the show the other yeah. day. Like, but so you have like if you if you burn those three guys, you still got four guys deep in the bullpen that to finish the game. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to use more than four guys typically anyway. So, and I think they should also consider doing this with CC too. I think he's getting close to can only go through the order once or tw- once yeah. now. So, I think we'll see that a lot for for CC is that he'll start and then you know. Uh, three innings is the most that he'll go, and we'll go from there. And you know he's not going to, you know, be pitching to the sixth or seventh inning. But it's a tough division. I mean, you meant the Rays, you know, revolutionized it with the openers, and the Rays are good. Yeah, ninety they're, wins last year. They're the quietest ninety wins in a long time. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So I think you know, they're they're going to be good. And if the Yankees and Boston both have to stay in their A games, because if either one of them slip up and the Rays win ninety again, you know, all hell could break loose. Well, speaking of which, we'll jump ahead. Where do you have the Red Sox finishing? Do they make the playoffs? Are they one of your wild cards? They are. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's They're be, my first wild card also. I have them as my second wild card because fuck them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate the homers. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, who's your other wild card? I'll just get it out the way now. Uh, the, the Twinkies. The Twins. The they, Twins. Uh, okay. I, I have I, them I, as a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're my the sleeper there. Um, like that division, you know, we'll do that division, and we talk about how easy it is going to be for the Indians. There's a lot of wins out there for the Twins too to kind of sneak up. You know how wild it is that Rocco Baldelli is a major league manager. <laughs> so he wild! Like- I remember drafting him as a prospect in fantasy baseball, and now oh, he's yeah. a manager. 
He's got. He's still gonna be what, like 33, 34. He can't be that old, right? Probably. He's like the watch. He's gonna be actually like thirty six, and it's gonna make more sense. Regardless, it is like wild to me that Rocco Baldelli, because like the first one that it hit me was Dave Roberts or or honestly Mike Matheny, because like I grew up watching these guys. But the I was an adult when you were playing in your prime, Rocco Baldelli. Like I'm gonna turn around and David Wright's gonna be a manager, and I'm not gonna be ready. Like. I'm just plain and simple. Um, my other wild card is the Angels. I think they're going to be the second wild card. I th- they they have to put it together sometime. They just have to. That One of these years, they're going to have to put it together. Uh, Justin Bohr is on that team now. I think they've really filled out that lineup. Um, I think it's going to depend on when Otani comes back and if he can actually like be a real DH. And, like, true. What do they do? What but, do they do with, uh, like, Pujols can't be playing first base every day now. <laughs> he's, he's I hate to say it, like, bring up bad memories for you, or I guess bad vibes for you, but he's he's their Jacoby Ellsbury. At this point, he's their, we owe Pujols? you a lot of money. Yeah, like, we he owe you a lot. But he plays, but to the extent where you don't want him to. Like, he's yeah. really just a righty off the bench that really doesn't offer much at this point. Like, he's got, like... It's a home run or a ground ball to first base, and it looks like it hurts when he runs. So I, I was checking out his numbers, and he has the most double plays of a hitter in all time yeah. baseball history. You and know, like, watching him play baseball now reminds me of the first year of Joe Kim Noah with the Knicks, where it like is so <laughs> obvious that you're washed when you run. Yeah, so that, that, that's a, I like that's a good comparison there. But uh, I mean, yeah, the Angels have to do. They have to do something. Like they got Trout for that absurdly ridiculous but maybe good deal um it's like I, weird I think that he's underpaid way. it's like so weird he's underpaid yeah <laughs> you know um i think they're a year away i think they they kind of need otani to, to come back and be a pitcher they need to start spending 100 million dollars on pitchers next year and then they'll they'll jump up their their rotation scares me don't get me wrong um they did add cody allen um like they got jonathan lucroy zach cozart is on Matt that Harvey. team now he's like their ace right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh they still have Angelton Simmons and Justin Upton, and I love their lineup. They're, I just, I Mike Trout cannot keep missing the playoffs. Like plain and simple, Mike Trout has to make the playoffs one of these years. Like I'm not even saying he has to win a championship. Like make the friggin' playoffs, man. Yeah. Did you uh, see the the MLB commercial that came out? Was it yesterday or today with all the guys like sitting on a panel talking? Oh no, I missed it. So it's got like all of the biggest names in, in baseball on a on like a press conference panel. And they're going back and forth, like Judge and um, Stan go back and forth with like, oh, I'm gonna hit 70, I'm gonna hit 80 home runs, and all this like, all these like big jokes, or whatever. But Trout doesn't talk the entire commercial. <laughs> it was just perfect. It was actually good. And then at the very end, someone's like, Mike Trout, do you care to comment? And like, you know, uh, Lindor's like throwing, they're throwing his microphone over the over his head and everything, and he just goes, "Let's play baseball." Ah, like, that's there you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, the Central, who you got? Um, oh, the Indians. Like, yeah, you me know, too. It's, Talk about the biggest cakewalk ever for them. Um, I, as I said, for the Twins, I think they're going to be good and competitive and hopefully make it make it a reason for the Indians to be buyers of the deadline instead of being sellers and still win mm-hmm. um, the division. Um, but, yeah, like the, the Tigers are got nothing going on there. The, the Royals, Royals look like the White Sox, yeah. Yeah, the White Sox are, you know, they they've, they they got to feel really shitty going into this year. They, they tried to get everybody. And they were like, they got Manny Machado's family reunion as a starting lineup <laughs> here, and Manny's not going to show up. Um, so, but, yeah. but they're going to be good. They're, they're they're a few years away too. So I think you know, like we said, the Indians are just going to be like, all right, cool, we'll take another title and hope we get lucky in playoffs. 
Um, but the, I think the Twinkies can make some noise and see what happens there. This is like the third straight year I've been hearing the White Sox are a year away. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Every year it's like the White Sox are a year away. Look out for the White Sox. They have the best farm system in baseball. Or maybe no one wants to go play for the White Sox. Like, plain and simple. They're just not that good. I, I'd i be stunned if they win 75 games again. Um, yeah, no, I don't think they would either. My theory um, about the Indians, though, was I think they threw out there that – like, we're shopping these guys just to see what the offers were. But they realize their window's not closed yet. They just, they're probably not as good as the other three dominant teams in the American League. But in the baseball playoffs, win 90 games, get in, and roll the dice, you know? Roll so. the, they're rolling the dice in a, they win the division, they skip the, skip the wild card game. Yeah. And then they're going out there with Kluber, Bauer, Bieber, and, and Clevenger, you know, <laughs> legit starters. Yeah. So like you know a couple dominants there there and they're they're in the ALDS, um, which is nice. I had something else about this division and I completely forgot what it was. You want me to give you a minute? It had to be about the Indians. Oh oh, the Indians being like yeah with the window like you said. I mean their owner flat out came out and said they're not paying Lindor when he's a free agent. So like it's literally this is their window. Yeah, you know? I mean he's I think he's good till twenty twenty two, so they have some time. Yeah, but they're like when you think of these three hundred contracts like. What do you think about you know trying to extend Francisco Lindor early? And he literally just goes, "The fans should enjoy their time. He's on the team now." <laughs> like the guy's like four years away, and he, they're still like, "Yeah, we have no intention of signing him." So like yeah. they, they know it's closing, so that they're gonna, you know, I would love to get have them win like eighty four games and win the division. Mm-hmm. Astros win the West. Astros win the West. Yeah, uh, it's also kind of a self. It's an easy call, you know. But I think like. I don't think they their window I think is small too because I think similarly they're gonna have to start paying everybody and then the Angels have shown that they are willing to pay a bunch of stars so this could be you know a year or two away of well, the, the Angels kind of they just signed they just extended Bregman and Verlander you're, so they're Verlander, under contract yeah, yeah. Uh, they extended Altuve last year so it's really just Springer Correa and one of the pitchers that and they Cole. have to worry about I think Cole's gone I think Cole's gone too but at least like he's there this year like they just. They honestly could just throw a flyer out to Dallas Keuchel and say, "Hey, five million for a year. Come try and win another World Series with us." Yeah, um, yeah. I totally didn't realize they. I mean, they signed out two bay. What hundred and hundred sixty? So I mean, I they're gonna have to give out another hundred. It's gonna you know, be half, another nine figures to, to, yeah, to so both I, of them. I'm not sure they so. do that, and that could you know who knows what happens there. But and it, uh, Oakland, Oakland's Oakland. Billy Bean is Billy Bean. So. I still no. have no idea how they won 97 games last year. I just don't. I, I, to be honest, I it was literally just I forgot they were in the playoffs. The, yeah, they, well, they, they technically they, <laughs> yeah. they, they went with the, the opener in the, in the wild card, and Aaron Judge was like, "All right, this game's over." Like, yeah, two minutes in. Yeah, um, I, I respect to the Indian to Indians to the the Athletics. What last year was weird. Um, I, I just I thought they kind of fools gold last year. Yeah. So totally. Um couple sleepers for the American League. Obviously we mentioned the Rays. Uh I have no clue how they went ninety games last year either. And it's it's like the first time that math and analytics really played a role in me paying attention to what a team does. Yeah. Uh like we talked about um we talked about like the openers that they do. I keep forgetting that the the American League Cy Young was on this team last year. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Snow was dominant. Yeah. Like it, it, but like to the point where I like noticed it the last month of the season. It's like, oh, they have a guy that's gonna win twenty games with an ERA under under two. Like, 
I I did not know this this guy existed until like the obviously as an American League fan as someone that was passionate about the uh, the the Cy Young results last year, um, it was a little different for me. But like I'm still like confused how they won all these games last year. Uh, Ryan Yarbo, like is Yarbro? How do you say his name? I I can't even say my own name sometimes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the like he. He had six starts last year and was like their middle reliever in these bullpen days, and he went 16 and six. I had no idea that. That's yeah, like they have this, <laughs> this, this system that Kevin Cash has put into place. Again, I want the Mets to do this. That's why I was like, go get Andrew Miller, go get out of Vino, go get every bullpen arm you can. You have yeah. Lugo and Gazelman that could be your openers, and then you can just have like a great bullpen day on certain days so uh i go ahead go ahead one random thing i was because i everyone i always talk about aaron hicks being like one of the best center fielders in baseball and people you know don't believe it even though like the numbers kind of show up Mm -hmm. so i was like doing stuff for research on aaron hicks and one of the names that kept popping up that i would even stranger than hicks was tommy fan yeah is is like to me is a nobody but you know he's (laughs) integral part for this raised team is, is weird he hit like he got traded to the Rays midseason last year and hit 340. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one you mentioned it was the Twins. I yeah. don't like that rotation. Um, I think adding Nelson Cruz is interesting. He's going – he's at least proven that, like, it's not a fluke that he's got power because he just had three great years in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um this this is I'll say the cliche. I think they're a year away. I think I mean you have them as your wild card. Something called a Trevor right May is closing games for them. So, um, they we'll see. Did a good job bargain hunting. Like they got Cruz pretty good, and mm-hmm. they they waited out and got Marvin Gonzalez for practically nothing. That's true. Um, they got Jonathan Scope. Uh, yeah. Scope. Yes, yeah, so like they they got some. Um, but yeah, they, they've done a good, and then they've taken a lot of Yankee castoffs, like Tyler Austin's, like their starting first baseman, <laughs> and like crap really? like that. Okay, so we'll. Uh, That's where he ended up. Okay, so but yeah, I think they they could. Uh, the Twins always kind of do this though. They like they have no big names, you know, especially now that Mauer's gone, and somehow they're gonna be like at the All Star break, like, oh, can the Twins really do something? All right, I will say it. I think the Washington Nationals are gonna win the National League East. Just. I cannot make another prediction that the Mets are going to win the division. I just cannot. I would <laughs> rather be pleasantly surprised that they do. They have won it twice in my life, plain and simple. I cannot predict that they win the division. I just can't. Steve, I'm 30 years old. I, I've been following baseball since 1997. The Mets have been the number one team in the National League East twice in my life. The Atlanta Braves have been the number one team in the American League East like 17 times in that stretch. I am perfectly fine going into this season with managed expectations. The Nationals, yes, they their postseason experience is one round and done. The Mets technically have more postseason experience. But as far as actually winning a division is concerned, I'm going to trust that the Nationals behind the MVP and Rendon behind a rotation that just got better with Patrick Corbin. Jan Gomes was like the most underrated pickup. How good he is defensively, like between him and Kurt Suzuki, I think that's going to be a tremendous catching tandem for that, ro- for that is, rotation. Gets, I think Suzuki gets always underrated in like yeah. limited playing time. He's perfect. 
Exactly. Um, I I don't think it's going to be like a runaway thing. I think it's going to be you decide in September because I do have the Mets making the playoffs. I just I cannot predict them to win the division. I just not in good faith cannot be that. Like I'm the optimistic one when it comes to Mets fans, and I still can't say that they're going to win the division over the Nationals. Um, I'm going with a physical hometown pick here because I am Ooh, in Philly here. Okay, I'm taking, taking the Phillies. Uh, just kind of I I'm gonna go see a bunch of Phillies games just because they're pretty cheap still, and it's <laughs> I want to see them do well because I, I honestly don't really care that much about the the NL. I don't have a team I <laughs> I love to and you know it's it's fun to see the Mets misery. So I, I it, it will be maybe exciting, but I, it is a, it's gonna be a, th- a legit three team race. For this division, um, I think the Phillies are the team that finally caves and gives Keuchel or Kimbrel the deal that they're well, looking that, for. That is true. Like, so there, I think, there's you know, this wild card of where where do those two go? If the Phillies end up with both of them, I will switch my pick to the Phillies. Yeah, I, I think Kimbrel more than Keuchel. Uh, you know, maybe they just. Like, I don't understand my teams. Maybe they have done it. and Kimbrel saying no. Like, here's 25 mil. Come for one season wants, and figure it out. He wants a nine figure contract. He wants more than Chapman. And there's no chance he's getting it. Like so, enjoy that. Yeah. And then the, the interesting theory I I don't know um, if you talked about it at all was that both of them are may sit out to the All Star break because then they get the first round pick or whatever the compensation pick gets thrown out the window for the team that signs them because they both got offered um, those, those one year deals. Mm-hmm. So which is interesting. And if that they wait till that like that's where another huge issue that MLB has. But but either way, the Phillies are gonna be good. The Nats are gonna be good. I have Phillies and Nats going net, neck and neck. And uh, with that's taking the first wild card, um, I'll let you guys figure out what happens with the Mets. I'll just wait, stay away. Wait, 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 wait. You have the Mets missing the playoffs? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, they, they tend to do that more often than they make the playoffs. Yes, I they? know that, Steve. They also did just <laughs> improve the team by getting Robinson Cano and Jed Lowry and re-signing Familia and having Ed, uh, Edwin Diaz. Every team in that division improved, though. Okay, but the Ma- okay. Tell me, other than Nola, who scares you in that rotation for the Phillies? The, the, uh, you're right. I mean, Velasquez is still like is young and he's well, not is trash. That's what he is. He's trash. Right. Zach Eflin <laughs> is trash. Jake Arrieta looked like Jake Arrieta of 2013. Okay, that that's why they just need to I have the, the Phillies missing the playoffs. I mean, it can happen because if they have if the, the rotation is what's going to fail them. I think they'll make the moves. Um, They're the Angels. Deadline moves. They're the National League Angels with— You got the Angels in the playoffs. But I have the Angels in the playoffs in a stacked second wild card. I have the Phillies. There's just nobody in that rotation that scares me other than Nola. And the Mets have a DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler. I'll stop there because I don't trust even Mats. But, like, they have that stretch that I trust. The Phillies, as much as I respect the Harper and the Real Muto additions, because I'm also kind of out on— Andrew McCutcheon being a big signing in 2019. Um, I'm just not afraid of that team. Like, the Nationals are the team that scares me because they can actually go pitcher for pitcher. But if you're playing the Phillies and you're throwing one of your three aces out there, like, I'm honestly a little bit more afraid of the Braves because I still have no clue how they won 90 games last year. Braves are good, too. I have uh, no clue how they won 90 games last year. So This just sounds like, the, you know, like a... A typical Mets fan just throwing away a team there. Then all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, shit, the Phillies are 10 games up on us. I have the Mets losing the division. I'm realistic <laughs> about that part. I am just I'm not just, afraid of the Phillies. It's plain and simple. 
I, score more runs than you give up. Is it, I think they'll score a ton of runs, uh, but we'll see. Oh, um, we, we haven't really talked about the Braves that much either, and they're another good team. that The, the defending champion of the division. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, we'll see what happens. And, you know, you know, Derek Jeter still can do Derek Jeter things. Who knows? Maybe yeah. he'll come back and play. <laughs> He's going to trade uh, Lewis Brinson for prospects because he'll get an extra year of control with them. Um, okay, so you have the Phillies winning division and the Nationals winning a wild card. Okay, I have the Mets coming in second, but winning a wild card, and then the Nationals winning division. Uh, the Central, I have the Cubs. Central, I have the Cubs. I'm big on the Cubs this year. I think they've had a weird, and they're still kind of getting overlooked. But you know, they had that their their post you know World Series hangover. Um, this is more of a trusting Joe Madden to mm-hmm. get this team back on track. They had the best record in the National League until like the Friday of the last weekend of the season. Like, yeah, that was the just a narrative weird... around them was that they were going to go to the World Series again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Brewers win eight straight to end the season, win the tiebreaker game at Wrigley, and then the Cubs lose an extra inning game to the Rockies, and all of a sudden, their season's over a week later. Yeah, it was weird. They One pitch here or there, and all of a sudden, they're, they're not even playing in the wild card game, yeah. and they could easily go to the World Series. It's that. Unfortunately, it's the... We both love baseball, so like I'm sure this is not lost on anybody. the The flaw of this game is the playoff system. It's just not an accurate representation of who the best team of the year was. Um, granted, the Red Sox did win the World Series last year, and they probably were the best team. But the fact that the Yankees had to go on the road for their set for their playoff series when they had the second first the Red Sox <laughs> the third best record in the sport is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs, to me, were the best team in the National League all year, except the last weekend of the season, and they played one playoff game. So I think the Cubs, I'm with you on the Cubs. I'm very high on them as well. I think they get you Darvish back. You know, he, he's going to take a little bit to get used to coming back from Tommy John. But Another if, comeback player of the year candidate. Yeah, yeah. I, now that we think about that, that yeah. that's kind of why <laughs> I, like, I was like, oh, duh, like you Darvish, if he pitches 25 <laughs> starts, he's easily going to win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're good. I, I, I have the Brewers as my wild card, too. So that's um, your other wild card. Okay. Yeah. Um, like they're a good team. They they've made they make some weird. In, their infield is weird. You got they got like Travis Shaw or Mike Mustakas playing second base, um, but they have they have a deep lineup. Um, and they're they've been shown to make a move for a, a starting pitcher at a deadline, even if they're they know they're going to lose them after the fact. So Brewers will hang around, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, Cardinals are a team that I keep looking at, and I keep wanting to take them, but they're kind of just the Cardinals, and I don't know. I don't really. Mm, they're nothing, my second nothing, wild card. A great great move to get. Uh, Goldschmidt, and I think mm-hmm. he's going to be fit there. But I mean, people say they're the best fans in baseball. But to me, the Cardinals are just kind of boring. <laughs> they're, you know, um, it's just kind of boring these days. <laughs> they went from the time that they fired Mike Matheny, they went 41 and 28 to end the season, and they got nothing out of Ozuna last year. Yeah. And now they added Paul Goldschmidt. So. That's, that's my thinking on the Cardinals is that they build on what the second half was last year, the last 70 or so games. That's honestly my thought with the Mets, too. Like, I get it. Like, we make fun of the fact that they were 11-1 and and then all of a sudden were 20 games under five hundred. They were 33-20 and over their last 53 games, and then they added Robinson Cano and uh, brought Familia back and added Edwin Diaz and Jed Lowry and McNeil's going to play a full season and Alonzo's going to play a full season. Like, I'm more just doing addition by subtraction. Like, Adrian Gonzalez will not have an at-bat for the Mets <laughs> this year. 
Jay Bruce will not have an at-bat for the Mets this year. Jose Reyes will not have an at-bat for the Mets this year. (laughs) Well, I can't count it out. Um, I think the Cardinals are the same way. Like, they quietly were 88 and 74. Yeah, that's that's an underrated thing there. I like their that their young pitcher, their kid uh, Jack Flaherty. Yeah, I was just looking at him from a fantasy perspective. He looks good. They got you know, they got that other guy uh, out of the bullpen who they don't like close games. Like Jordan Hicks is like Jordan throwing Hicks, like hundred five. Yeah. Like, he's like best flamethrowers in baseball now. Um, just so add yeah, Andrew I, Miller, you know. They definitely have the pieces for it. That's the the NL Central is just always always weird. Yeah. Well, well I actually so you said you had the Brewers if zero other wild card. Yeah. Okay. I have them missing the playoffs this year. I thought a lot went right for them. Um, it makes sense if you think Yelich is going to have a bad year. It's going to be tough to, to uh, even. Not a bad year. He's just not going right. to have the year he had last year. Um, I think just way too much went right for them last year. The the deadline that they added, Jonathan Scope and Mike Moustakis and all of these different guys to help them make a push. And I just don't think it works out the same way. So, uh in the West, I have the Dodgers winning. This this is kind of seems like it's the you know the the Indians of the mm-hmm. of the NL. Just put the Dodgers down, move on. But I mean, they got they got some talented people. Like I said, I'm big on Walker Bueller. Um, you know, Clay Bellinger's uh, we're not Clay Bellinger, uh, but Bellinger's good. Cody Bellinger, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Clay Bellinger, former Yankee. Clay yes, Bellinger. Clay Bellinger's <laughs> son. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll, we'll see what they do and get and getting Sager back. So they're not going to have a big drop off from you know losing Otto because he kind of just didn't be Sager anyway. Yeah, Sager. So um, I'll put him up there. Yeah, I never trust what the Diamondbacks are doing. Padres, you know, I hope they keep it keep it simple up there. Giants are, I think, Giants stink. So yeah, I think the Giants going to lose a hundred games. Uh, I think the Dodgers, especially last year, like last year they got off to like. This, they were ten games under five hundred and got swept by the Marlins, and they still won the division. I Steve Steve gambles for two seconds here. I took uh, okay. the Dodgers to <laughs> I took the Dodgers to win the the division when they were like on ten games under five hundred, and I was like, this is this is the freest money ever. Like, of course they're gonna come back and like do this. Like, so I actually got one right. Well, we won't, we'll let the other ones that I got wrong go. But yeah, <laughs> this this one I got right. <laughs> Yay! Yay, degenerate Steve. Okay. Million dollar question now. Speaking of degenerate, American League champ, National League champ, World Series. What are your picks, Steve? Well, okay, just do American League and National League champ first. I think you'll be able to tell who wins, but <laughs> we have. Uh, I'm going with the Yankees, Cubs. People kind of talked about this last year, um, and even almost like the, the year before. We had a classic matchup here that um, Yankees, Cubs. I have you know Boone winning manager of the year and Joe Madden kind of finishing second there. Um, so I think this is going to be the the year that it all finally collides, and it'll be uh, it'll be good to see for for both teams. Not for baseball, baseball would go nuts if they get this. So uh, New York, Chicago, two of the oldest franchises. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be so. You know, it rarely ends up being like that for baseball viewers. Um, There's going to be so much Babe Ruth though that week. I swear. <laughs> oh God, we're going to see that that shot, uh, the the called shot moment replayed. Yeah. Throughout the entire series. It's going to be black and white on your TV for about a yeah. half hour before first pitch every time. Well, this is boring. My World Series is the Yankees and the Cubs. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. I, this is, like, super boring. Um, I was hoping I would, like, wow you. Oh, wow, the Mets fan picked the Yankees to go to the World Series. <laughs> but, no, that's also Steve's pick. Uh, I am so frustrated by Yankee fans that got mad that they didn't spend this offseason. I they didn't, did. <laughs> but that was like they didn't go. They weren't in on. They didn't get Harper and Machado. Totally, yeah. 
You know, they were tied with the Red Sox in mid-July. Then Aaron Judge broke his hand, and the Red Sox ran away with the division, and it took 108 wins to run away with it. The Yankees won 100 games last year and set the record for home runs in a season, and you've replaced Dave Robertson with Zach Britton and Adam Ottavino. You now have Jay Happ and who's the guy they got from Paxton? Paxton, who's, uh, who's a solid rotation piece. I just don't see how the Yankees are bad now. They lost two one-run games to the Red Sox. That's right. that's the difference. That's the reason you wanted them to give out three hundred million dollars to two different players, two one-run losses. At the positions over- that you have now, also. granted, like and okay. I've had a take that I've never, like, publicly, at least not on this platform, said. (laughs) But the worship of George Steinbrenner and how, like, oh, what would George do? Boone would be fired. Corbin would be here. Machado and Harper would be here. The Yankees built a dynasty in the late 90s because George Steinbrenner got suspended by baseball for two years. And Gene Michael and... uh, Stick Michael and Buck Showalter were able to develop the farm system. And as a result, you got players like Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera and Bernie Williams. And if Steinbrenner were in control, all of these guys would have been traded for other pieces that would be gone in a couple of years like Dave Winfield. So the we saw what happened in the 2000s where he just a collection of stars was put together by Steinbrenner. And we saw no championships until 2009. And most of that was because the core four, literally all of them, performed and A-Rod decided he was actually going to hit in the postseason. But (laughs) we're talking three championships. Other than those four at the end of the 2000s where it was mostly a homegrown team that they put together, which is what Cashman has done here. He's actually put a team that's analytically sound, that's offensive and defensively balanced, that the rotation is is manageable. There's not a bad contract on this team, even though if you want to say Stanton, it's fine because you're not paying Aaron Judge anything. You're not paying yeah. Glaber Torres or Miguel Andohar anything. The idea that the Yankees needed to add a piece and then all of a sudden they're a dynasty, guess what? That's not how baseball works. You could add a Bryce Harper or... Here's a perfect example. You can add an A-Rod and win one championship. Like, plain and simple, I think the Yankees are going to – spoiler alert. I think the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. I think you're – I'm never going to have to hear 27 rings again, which, honestly, I've heard it way too much over the last 10 years, and I'm actually okay with hearing something else. So, there, that's my take, Steve. I think the Yankees are going to win the World Series. Are you sure you don't want to become like a full-time host of podcasts? Podcasting and pinstripes. <laughs> the fact that this is simulcasted on both is actually perfect the way it ends. Um, and it's yeah. it's obvious. I have the exact same pick. Then you, for literally every reason you said, and literally Derek Jeter was on MLB Network yesterday or two days ago, and so he said he did like a Q and A with fans down in Miami. And one guy was like, "Could you imagine if George traded you Posada and Pettit? Like that's what you did to the Marlins here." And he goes. I told him, yes, he would have traded us if we would have lost. Yeah. He goes, I'm sorry. I like, you know, Stanton, Yelich, and, you know, uh, Ramuto are great players, but they didn't win. And my goal is to win here. So, like, we won in New York, so he would never trade us. And that's kind of what's going on here. I think the Yankees have built absolutely to not to perfection because obviously they haven't won yet. But their roster is full of kids that are being paid nothing, a few stars here. Their, their farm system is still looking good for them to make moves coming up this year. 
And I think that at this offseason, at this, the trade deadline, is when they make a big move. Maybe they get a bum gardener if he's healthy and I'll push them over the top here and they, they do it. Because if they lose here, it's going to be a full decade without a championship. Um, and that's going to, you know, be ringing in everyone's ears across baseball for a while. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're talented. Their, their bullpen is – we saw if, you're, if your bullpen's good, you should be able to contend all season, especially in the playoffs here. Get to the playoffs. Get there healthy. Yankees, Cubs, Yanks, and Six. Okay. It might be a little reverse psychology because if they don't, I can laugh. If they yeah. do, I can say I was right. Um, yeah, it all comes back to you not picking the Mets to win because you say they never win when you pick them. So you're going to pick the Yankees exactly. and hope they don't win. <laughs> I'm not even going to say where I think the Mets are going to get eliminated. I think they'll make the wild card game and maybe even beat the Cardinals. Uh, DeGrom against Mike Miklas or whatever that dude's name is. <laughs> And then they'll go play the Cubs, and, you know, the Mets did sweep the Cubs in the NLCS in 2015. So Pretty handily. There's a chance there. And we all know that the, the Nationals aren't beating the Dodgers, so it'll be Mets-Dodgers, and they did beat the Dodgers in 2015 in the LDS. And, you know, Chase Utley retired, so there's a path. <laughs> you know, can't kill anybody out there. Uh, I am just ready for baseball, plain and simple. <phone rings> Guys, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, our prediction show. Um, I we're gonna be 100 right. So make of sure you course, well, literally, it's this, we said the same thing. So <laughs> it's like we're either gonna be 100 percent right or 100 percent wrong, Steve. Um, only way I want to have it. What time <laughs> do the Yankees play tomorrow? They are one o'clock, and I'm gonna be in a meeting all day, and Yo, I'm not happy. Baseball. I Dude, get I, it that you want to start these midweek games, but a couple years ago. You had opening day on a Friday, and it was perfect. You got to stop this midweek opening day bullshit. I'm sorry. And then all the Yankees don't even play Friday. Yeah. Like, that Mets neither. Like, for some reason, like, it's scattered when opening day is. Yeah. Guys, you got to stop this. Opening day should be a Sunday. And then take Monday off, and yeah, like, for right. the championship game, and then Tuesday – is when baseball re- resumes. Opening day should be a Sunday. There's nothing happening this Sunday. The Masters is in two weeks. Uh, the championship, uh, the March Madness, uh, there's nothing on Sunday. So you're competing against nothing. Opening day should be Sunday. There, I fixed baseball. You're welcome. <laughs> I got nothing. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Steve, Either way, we got baseball coming. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me at AngelSteve89, as always. Tweeting away. Um, I need to stop tweeting about the Giants and focus on the Yankees. Yeah, now you can. <laughs> now you can. There now you I go. can. I've been waiting for it. Uh, started, started right now. It's going to be Yankees full time. Mets fans that are listening, check Steve out. He's one of the more uh, balanced and fair Yankee fans. He's one of the good ones, is what I'll say. <laughs> and listen, Yankee fans listening, I'm sure you know my shtick already. If there is a reason to make a joke, I am here for the joke. But I'm also <laughs> understanding that I'm little brother, you're my daddy, and hopefully, you know, we get one up on little brother. Like I'm Eli, for the Eli Manning, Eli Manning's Sorry. a little brother. Uh, he is. Steph Curry's an older brother, though, so I guess that's not a good example. But, okay, Eli's the example I'll go with. Eli Manning's a little brother. Shoot, Peyton Manning's a little brother. You know, I'm just waiting for the Claudio Yankees win the World Series and your picture of Kevin Durant with the Yankee logo. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming. <laughs> well, hey, by that point, Kevin Durant will be in orange and blue. Then, so. yeah, then we could get back and chat and be happy together. <laughs> exactly. Steve, this was fun. Enjoy baseball season, sir. 
Thank you very much. Great day tomorrow, today. Great day today for Major League Baseball, and always fun catching up, chatting with you. There you go.